we got tens of thousands of people that do not know Christ and have never, some, even heard the message of Christ. And so he said, we need to do something. And there was a, there was a vision birthed and born in the heart of Herb Shreve back in early 74. And it promoted him to share this idea with other Christian motorcycle friends. Together they began to pray. And he was more convinced than ever of the need and the purpose and the passion for God to get the message of Christ into places that most people would not dare to tread. In 1975, they met with some lawyers and they made it official. The Christian Motorcyclist Association was born. Oh, it still took years for it all to come together, but it started with a heart of passion that changed the passion of the heart. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Master. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's VLCCAZ.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. But our church was birthed with an understanding that we've got to reach the lost. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I there, there, as a young pastor, there's a young pastor, God. God spoke to me one day, and you, you know, I, I know I use that term a lot, uh, and there are lots of times that God speaks to me just like he's, just like I'm speaking to you just now, and there's other times that God will speak to me in a, in just a, a quiet time, a still small voice. There's, there's times that God will speak to me just in a moving of my heart, just in a clarity of direction, visions, dreams, but God spoke to me years ago because since the 90s, it actually started back in the 80s when the mega church movement started. But since the 90s, churches have basically gone from building to building to building to building. People just go from church to church to church. They stay in a church until they get uncomfortable. They stay in a church until they... Uh, want something that they don't get or they like something that they don't see. And there's all kinds, and I'm not going to stand up here and tell you all the reasons. Lord knows I have heard them all. One of my, one of my most interesting times was this fellow that, that came to, to our church and he was sitting in my church office and I had a window outside that faced the road and, and uh, he was coming to me and his family and saying, Pastor, uh, we were thinking about moving. What do you What do you think God would have us to do? Well, I just happened to glance out the window, and there was a U-Haul truck and trailer sitting out there. I'm thinking, you're asking me why? There's a lot of people that they they just don't ask, and a lot of people just do what they do, and 
Folks, you know, it's people. Look at somebody and say, that's me, isn't it? We just kind of do what we do, and then we ask God later how he feels about it. And I think sometimes God just stays quiet. And uh, as things are not working out the way we thought they were, I think the voice of the Lord, if we would listen, would say, how's that working out for you? He spoke to me years ago, and he said, in all this moving around, he gave me this analogy. He said, even the greatest fire will go out unless new wood is added to it. If you just try to re recycle old wood, sooner or later it's just going to die. The ministry that we're going to recognize today is a ministry we've been the privilege of being a part of for years and years and years. And the reason we became a part of this ministry is because of the missions, because of the heart for missions. And as a church that was growing and, and believing and God doing great things, uh, I sat down as a pastor and said, if I'm going to really make an impact, I need to join up with something that's making an impact. And as we uh, uh, talk about these guys this morning, I want you to look in your bulletins because we have a little flyer that's in there from CMA. Is that correct? Did I make it in there? There it is. Thank you. We have this flyer, and it's, it's, uh, it's an insert just basically from their latest page of different activities. The ministry of CNA, as you see here, has seen approximately 26 and a half million people profess Christ. How many think that might be a good organization to be a part of? Run for the Sun, we're going to talk about here in just a moment. It's only been in existence... Run for the Sun has been in existence since 1998. But in the last 31 years, since 1988 or 87, this organization has given almost $75 million into the cause of Christ. Come on, you ought to get excited about that, folks. On annual average... At a biker's outreach. Now, let me talk to you about that for a second. These are places most of y'all wouldn't show up. I'm talking about places. They have something here locally. It's called Too Broke for Sturgis. Now, some of you sit back and say, what is that? Well, if you ever heard of Sturgis, it's the largest motorcycle rally, I think, in America. Is that correct? Okay. That or Daytona. I'm not sure which one's the biggest, but... Uh, they got literally tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of motorcycles converge upon this little town in North Dakota called, or South Dakota called Sturgis. I, my wife and I had the privilege a few years ago of going to Mount Rushmore. And we were there and, and uh, you know, it just happened to be a certain time in the year and I'm seeing motorcycles everywhere. They're as thick as, as bugs on a bumper. It's just, they're, I mean, they're all over the place and and so I'm looking at these motorcycles going by, and all of a sudden I see a bunch of CMAers. And I'm thinking, wow. And then I'm driving around. We're up there in Mount Rushmore in that area, and I see this sign, Sturgis, 30 miles, or whatever it was. I didn't know Sturgis was close to Mount Rushmore. And so my wife and I jumped on our four-wheel motorcycle. 
Actually, we weren't riding a bike that day. We were driving a car, and we drove to Sturgis. And Yeah, there are two wheels for each of us. Thank you. And so we, we took a sign in front of the Sturgis, pictures in front of the sign of the Sturgis coffee shop. Just say we've been there. But you talk about a place that had an ugly spirit over it because it was the week before the rally. You say, Pastor, why do you say all this? Because this is the stuff that CMA goes into. Two broke for Sturgis. Sturgis, different rallies that the Hells Angels, the Outlaws, the different biker clubs are a part of. It says 600,000 lives at these biker rallies have been affected in the last 31 years with approximately 14,000 coming to Christ. You say, well, Pastor, that's not big odds, is it? Folks, what's a soul worth? Hundred and thirty-seven million people. Are you still looking at this? I want you to take this home. And I want you to look, put this on your fridge, put it up in them important papers. And I want you to think about this is something my church is a part of. A missions group that is literally turning the world upside down. 137 million people have view, have viewed the the uh, Jesus film project. If if you've not seen that, it's a great, one of the great first uh, movies that went worldwide to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've shown the movie overseas myself many times. 14 million decisions for Christ because of the showing of this movie. How many think that's a pretty good organization to be a part of? CMA joins up with a a, uh, group called uh, Ventures. Um, Let me uh, get the actual name here. Uh, Missionary Ventures. The, the, uh, the Jesus Film Project, the Missionary Ventures, have given 6,600 motorcycles, 68 bicycles. And in the compilation of things given away, boats, motors, horses, buggies, snowmobiles, wheelchairs. You say, well, you know, you need a wheelchair... Sometimes, folks, you get there any way you can. They've given away at least one, don- one camel and a few donkeys. 190 countries in the world, and CMA is 107 of them. How many think that's a pretty good organization to be a part of? <laughs> Open Doors, this, and this is one of my favorite. All the rest of them are, my, are, are incredible, but Open Doors is probably my favorite. And the reason is because their biggest objective is to get God's Word, get the Bible into countries that nobody else can get into. Almost 3 million Bibles in the last 30 years into countries that most people cannot even get into. How many think that might be a good organization to be a part of? Well, that's what we dedicate our mission Sundays for. And I, I want to, I want to uh, talk just a little bit this morning. And then we're going to have a little video. We're going to have one of our, uh, our president of, the, of our local CMA chapters going to come up and share some things. 
But I, I want to take you into this, into this immense picture called evangelism, world evangelism. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. There are some 7 billion people in the world. And I can guarantee in this room, many of you have said, what, a diff- what kind of a difference can I make? What can I do? John F. Kennedy. Now, I'm not getting politics, folks. Just a quote that really is pertinent to today. John F. Kennedy in 1960, his inaugural speech. He gave this great, wonderful picture of his plans and his dreams as president of the United States. And we know that his life was short-lived. But he said these words, and I want to begin our message today by asking this question. And it's in your notes. Matter of fact, it's the title of your notes. If we don't, who can? And if we won't, who will? If we don't, who can? Folks, we have the words of life. If we don't, who can? And if we won't, who will? John F. Kennedy said all of this, all of these plans and desires and ambitions that he had had laid out before the American people in his inaugural speech, he said all of this will not be finished in the first 100 days, nor in the first 1,000 days, nor possibly even in the life of this administration, not even perhaps in our lifetime. But then I want you, if you would, circle this in your notes. But let us begin. But let us begin. You see, that person living next door to you, that's a drug, smoking, alcohol, drinking, carousing fella, that might be the next Billy Graham. That woman... That you sit down and think, my goodness, there's more cotton in an aspirin bottle than she got on her body. She could be the next Amy Simple McPherson. Some of y'all don't even know who Amy Simple McPherson is or the cotton in the aspirin bottle. I'm not sure, but you'll figure it out when you leave. Think about it for just a second, ladies and gentlemen. Who are we to say who they are? And if we don't, if we don't tell them this life-changing message, who can? The only ones that can bring the word of life is the ones that have the word of life. And if we won't, then who will? 2,000 years ago, Jesus died to begin the church age. And since now, the lost are being reached. From then to now, the lost have been reached. And a question I have to ask, and I've asked this many, many times over the years, it started with my daughter when she was 12 years old, sitting on the kitchen floor. She was doing some different things. And she made a comment. And I started to respond to her, and she said, Dad, I know, I know, I know. What I'm about to preach this morning, there's not a single one of us that can't say, I know, I know, I know. 
But the question that I ask is this question right here. What do you do with what you know to do? What do you do with what you know to do? Most Christians say they have a heart for missions and the lost, yet most won't do anything about it. And there's lots of reasons. Please, I'm not trying to, to put anybody down. I'm not trying to, to you know, uh, make anybody feel bad because there's lots of reasons. People say, I just don't have time. Folks, in this world we live in, this world of convenience, we have less time than we ever had. We might not have money. Folks, I don't know if you looked around, but it costs a lot to do anything. Maybe you're just simply afraid to tell somebody about Christ. Well, what if they ask a question? I don't know the answer. Well, we were having Bible study on Wednesday night, and I had twice in that same evening. People asked a question. You know what my answer was? I don't know, but I'll find out. I'll let you know next week. And that's what I do. You see, the problem with fear is fear is unfounded because all you have to do is go and look because the answers are already there and get ourselves educated on how to respond. I have done that so many times over my three plus decades of pastoring. I've told somebody, I don't know, but I'll find out. And either I got the answer myself or I brought somebody back with me that could answer. Now understand, Jesus is coming back to receive mankind to himself. He is coming back for a people who have dedicated themselves to him as Savior and Lord. Yet, there are so many still lost without knowing the hope of the resurrection. And if we don't tell them, who can? If we won't, who will? Some say, well, it's up to them to come in. Well, that's why we have churches. It's up to them to come in. The Scripture says it's up to us to go out. See, this is why even here at Victorious Life, uh, a couple years ago, the Lord really laid on in my heart that you need to get this message out of the building. And He wasn't just talking about outreach and going out door to door and so on and so forth. He was talking about doing it electronically. So we stream every one of these messages. And I, we've had people write to us from Australia, from the Philippines, from Africa, from South America, a uh, um, um, couple other countries that I can't think of right now, and uh, tons of folks here nationwide that are watching us. There's people. We got our, our, uh, a couple of our dear uh, uh, young men, Isaac, is in Missouri now, right now, isn't it? Where is that? Where's Zach at? He's still in California. Uh, Zach and Isaac, the Thomas's boys that are, that are in the military, in the Marines, and have, have uh, uh, given their lives to help us and to uh, protect us and to become the men that God called them to be in the Marine Corps. Well, last week we got a text message or an email from Isaac. He said, tell pastor I'm watching church. I'm in church. He can't physically be in church, but he's in church and he's having church with us. Isaac and Zach, if you're out there watching us, welcome. Yeah. 
We've got to get the message out. VLCC, our whole vision is to save souls, equip the saints, and build the kingdom. It is not just to get people from other churches. It's to get the new wood to cause the fire to burn even brighter. Matthew 28, Jesus said, All authority is in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Didn't say make converts. Didn't say make followers. He said make disciples of all nations. See, here's the bottom line, and you can write this in your notes. I left it out purposely, but you can write this in your notes. He brings us in in order to send us out. He brings us in. Well, pastor, it's not my calling. I'm going to say this, and I don't want to be offensive. If it's not your calling, you're not a Christian. Every Christian has been given the ministry of reconciliation. Every Christian. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. Who shall I send? Who will go? Isaiah said, I will, Lord. This organization has been reaching the lost, changing the world one heart at a time. 1972, a young man by the name of Herb Shreve had his teenage son. And all of a sudden, they bought a motorcycle. And they started riding around. And they started getting involved in these motorcycle rallies. Well, Herb was a dedicated Christian, dedicated to the Lord more than anything else. In 1974... He said, you know, we need to do something. We got tens of thousands of people that do not know Christ and have never, some, even heard the message of Christ. And so he said, we need to do something. And there was a, there was a vision birthed and born in the heart of Herb Shreve back in early 74. And it promoted him to share this idea with other Christian motorcycle friends. Together they began to pray. And he was more convinced than ever of the need and the purpose and the passion for God to get the message of Christ into places that most people would not dare to tread. In 1975, they met with some lawyers and they made it official. The Christian Motorcyclist Association was born. Oh, it still took years for it all to come together, but it started with a heart of passion that changed the passion of the heart. There's an old adage that I want to just look at it. It's on the screen. It's a very familiar passage. How do you eat an elephant? 
When we see the immense issue of impossibility in the world, 7 billion plus people, how the heck do we reach them? One heart at a time. Not one bite at a time. Yeah, we're not biting people. Okay. <laughs> one heart at a time. I remember a story that I read many years ago, and I've shared it in the church, and, and, but it is just bears repeating. This man was standing off at a distance, and he was watching this young boy uh, walking up and down a, a seashore in this, uh, in this uh, area. And the boy was bending down. The, the man was far enough away. He couldn't see what the boy was doing. And all of a sudden, he got closer to the boy, and he saw the boy picking up a starfish and throwing it back into the water, throwing it back in the water. And literally, there were thousands of starfish just spread all over the, the beach and, and probably thousands of beaches that looked exactly that same way. And this little boy was throwing this starfish, and the man stopped him and said, Son, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm saving these starfish. And he looked at the, 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 the seashore and he said, son, you can't possibly make a difference. What do you think? You got thousands and tens of thousands. You're not making a difference. At that, the boy reached down, picked up another seashore, uh, starfish and threw it out in the water. He said, I made a difference to that one. You see, ladies and gentlemen, we look at the immensity of the billions of people around the world, a fraction of who knows Christ but it may be just that one that reaches that one. Jesus turned the world upside down with 12. And I remember the first time they were called Christians was in the book of Acts. I believe it's around chapter 9. In a city called Antioch. And you know what it says? They that have turned the world upside down have come here also. Wouldn't it be wonderful if Victorious Life Christian Center became known as the church turning the world upside down right here in Flagstaff. You see, the Lord wants His church to reach the lost, to help them to grow, to help them to change, which is what it means to make disciples. But to do this begins with a decision to reach outside of ourselves. Let me, let me give you some scripture. Luke chapter 15. You know the Bible says there's more joy in heaven over one sinner that repents than 99 that don't need repentance? Over in, in, in Daniel uh, uh, chapter 12, the Bible says that those who turn many to righteousness will shine like the stars in heaven forever. The proverb writer records these words, he who wins souls is wise. How many think it'd be pretty cool to be attached with those kind of people? Well, folks, we have that in the Christian Motorcyclist Association. We have people that have said, God, later for me and more of you. And if they see you in me, then we all agree that heaven will be a better place. Can somebody say Amen. You see, it's with perseverance and dedication and determination that goals have to be set if they're going to ever come to fruition. Ladies and gentlemen, if we don't, who can? And if we won't, who will? We have to become like a people like Isaiah who said, Lord, whatever it takes, here am I, send me. I believe there's many sitting right in this room that would love to give themselves to the mission field, but they can't. 
They can't go around the world. They can't do what they're like to do. Well, let me take you from around the world. How about our own backyard? Now, let me take you out of CMA for just a minute. We have one of the greatest unreached populations in the world, the Navajo Nation. Our native reservations that surround us here in Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, all over the western area of the United States. And unreached people that are that many are caught up in their traditional religion that doesn't direct anybody to Christ. This is where our mission field begins. Right here, right now. And look what Proverbs 19 says. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord. And he will pay back. See, the poor are not just financially, folks. They're mentally, emotionally, spiritually. This is why, as I'm proclaiming this, I hear a collective voice from so many that says, Pastor, I want to do something. I want to do something more. That's why we're a part of Christian Motorcyclist Association. Because we are doing something more. Every dollar we give multiplies into souls. Every amount we give multiplies into the ability to do even more. Every time we step out and they step in, we're able to reach the loss for Jesus Christ. There's a man by the name of John Scully. Most of you don't recognize that name, but some of you techno folks will. 42 years ago, he was a 38-year-old young man. He was the president of the Pepsi-Cola Corporation. But John Scully was doing really good until this guy named Steve Jobs showed up. Maybe you know that name a little bit more. He's just had a small company, a picture of an apple with a bite out of it or yeah, something like that. Well, Steve Jobs walked up to John Scully some 42 years ago, and he said, do you want to sell sugar water the rest of your life, or do you want to change the world? Steve Jobs is the founder of Apple Corporation, Macintosh, Apple Computers. Do you want to sell sugar water the rest of your life, or do you want an opportunity to change the world? Ladies and gentlemen, as your pastor, my passion has always been change in the world. I've had the privilege over the years of, of, of preaching into 36 different nations of the world. I have seen tens of thousands of people come to the Lord. I have stood before an ocean of people, a hundred plus thousand people preaching the gospel and saw the altars filled with six or eight or 10 or 12,000 people every night, people wanting to, the hope that I was proclaiming and the message that I was sharing. See, I could, have, I could have been content in just pastoring a little church or even just pastoring a church here in America and just working on building the church, building the church, building the church. And God said, your job's not. My job's to build the church. Your job's to build people. Oh, that's a novel thought. Let God do his job and let me do my job. And so I, I began reaching around the world. And God used me in, imme in immense ways. Within one day, God said, Flagstaff is on your radar. 
Flagstaff. Okay. So we're here and God's doing great things. But God said, do the same thing here that you've done everywhere else and reach the world. Because Flagstaff is one of the smallest towns that I've pastored in. I thought, okay, God, what do we do? And then one day, these folks joined our church. Vince and Beth Summers, Jack and Patty Klaus. And they were hooked up to this little thing called Christian Motorcyclist Association. And I thought, okay, wonderful. We've got a bunch of bikers in the church. And then they started educating me and teaching me. And I tell you what, I started learning and started growing and started seeing an entire, an incredible opportunity. An incredible opportunity. Do we want to just be a little church in Flagstaff or a big church in Flagstaff? Or do we want to change the world? You see... John Scully, what a challenge to this young man. Well, what a challenge to Christians. Are we settling for less than God's best? You see, I believe it's time that we step out of what always was and step into what yet can be. I, I've got people, though, that will hit, say this. What can God do with me? I'm not mature enough. I'm not old, old, old enough. I'm not saved long enough. I'm not experienced enough. Or maybe the opposite. I'm too old. Past my prime. We have in the back outreach cafe, purposely named that because we fellowship there. We come in to go out and we have what we call a track rack. And there's literally hundreds of little tracks like the ones we put in your bulletin last week and the week before to give out. You could become a silent missionary. How do I do that? You just take a bunch of tracks with you and leave them everywhere you go. When you're giving a tip to a waitress, put your tip inside the track. Just make sure it's got enough to where it's a blessing to them. Take a moment and share the gospel. Why is Open Doors my favorite of all the groups? You say, well, Pastor, they don't do as much as everybody else because it is the only piece of literature that will go forth and accomplish that which God called it to do. His word will not come back void. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And that's what we do. So in those tracks are gospel messages for the purpose of somebody hearing something that might just make a difference. There are so many who do so little because they never believed they could do so much. Let me ask you something today. Are you one of those that God is pulling on you? I need to do something. I'm a Christian. I need outreach. I need a witness. Take a track if you're afraid to talk to somebody. And just leave it someplace. You say, well, Pastor, what if they pick it up and throw it away? Praise the Lord. Maybe they glanced at it before they did. And God's word is now burned inside of their heart. I don't know. Maybe they said, well, I don't need this. Let me give it to somebody else that I know that does. You know, all of us think there's somebody worse than us. Don't look at somebody like that. You know what I'm talking about. Well, I don't need this, but he sure does. Folks, there are so many ways 
that we who think so little can do so much. In the hour we live, ladies and gentlemen, listen to this. We cannot afford any longer to do church as usual. We must live the message we say we believe that the world can believe the message, listen to this, that they know we should be living. Please, please. Do we have anyone here that will say, here am I, Lord, send me? Even if it's to the local coffee shop, the local restaurant, that job you work on, that place you aspire to. Many people think God can't use them where they are. Well, folks, it's a safe bet that God can't use you where you aren't. You've got to make a difference. And one of the biggest problems that Christianity is facing, too many of us spend too much time building walls of isolation and not enough time building bridges of relationship. This is a wall of isolation. This is a wall of isolation. We think it's a wall of social, uh, of uh, societal living, socialism. That sucks. How, did I say that? <laughs> I said I wasn't going to get political today, didn't I? Think about it, folks. Think about it. Look at this. I just heard from a pastor friend of mine in Romania. They're having Easter celebration today in Romania. How cool is that? Folks, we can do only what we choose to do, but we have to break outside the walls. Secondly and quickly, God will use anyone, anywhere, anytime that will simply make themselves available. See, God has given us this very functional facility. Very shortly, we're going to talk about some exciting things that God is doing. But God has given us this very functional facility. And we want to utilize this facility for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of y'all may not know that, but this coming Saturday, November 4th, we have a, a couple of, of, of ladies. Did I say November? Am I a little out of, out of date? Okay. This coming Saturday, May 4th, we have a couple ladies that have a ministry specifically to the Navajo women. And they're going to be in this facility using it this Saturday. And it's on the walls out there. And, and you all, ladies, you are more than welcome to come. Now, folks, I, I, they said, I'm sorry. They said specifically Navajo ladies, okay, and, or and I, I didn't ask them. I'm a, maybe all the natives, okay, but the, the reality is, folks, we need to utilize this facility for the gospel of Jesus Christ every way possible. And God has given us even greater doors that will be opening that we'll be able to share with you in the coming weeks. But he has called us, ladies and gentlemen, not to just make a pretty building and to have a pretty building, but to use a functional facility for the fullness of his glory. Can somebody say amen? 
But availability is the key. Availability is the key. Talent, ability, education, oratory skills matter little if you're not available. If you're not available. I remember a story that I read about a missionary that got lost at sea. And I've shared this story before. Well, this missionary got lost at sea and he shipwrecked on an, on an island and many, many years had gone by and his, his, his missionary organization just basically said he must have went home to be with the Lord. And he did, in a way. He wound up on this island and the people of the village found him almost dead some 20 years earlier nursed him back to health. And while he lived on that island, listen to this, he never sang a song, he never preached a sermon, never recited a scripture, never made a claim to faith in anyone. But rather, while he was there, he healed people. When they were sick, he went to them. He tended them, sitting long into the night. When they're hungry, he gave them food. When they were lonely, he became their company. When they didn't know, he would teach them. When they did know, he would enlighten them. He always took the song, the side of those wronged and identified with every human condition. So, in essence, he did go to be with the Lord. Separated from everything else so he could do just what the Lord called him to do. Kind of like that book of Revelation with John on the Isle of Patmos. We look at it as a bad situation. That guy wound up on a prison colony camp. But it was a perfect place for God to give us a book called Revelation. Well, 20 years later, some other missionaries showed up on the island figuring they are going to tell all the people about Jesus. After hearing the stories about Jesus, the natives insisted Jesus was already living there. And the people, the missionaries were intrigued. Can you show us to him? So they took him to his hut. And there in that hut... They found their long-lost fellow missionary who they thought was dead. What was he doing? Making a difference one heart at a time. He made himself available. See, there's something that you can do if it doesn't matter who gets the credit. It's amazing if you don't have to have a title, if you don't have to be recognized, how much you can get accomplished for Jesus. Can somebody say amen? If I can get a little straightforward with you, one of the biggest problems we have with evangelism is because nobody does notice except Jesus. And we don't like to be in ministries that everybody's not recognizing or a little bit difficult. I know, I know some who've gotten to their destination and just began to love people. I've been pastoring for 30 plus years and I've shared this story with you, but my very first church was in a little town about the size of Flagstaff, a little bit bigger, called Tyler, Texas. Some of you all know Tyler. I'm driving across Texas, and I'm thinking, God, is there any place bigger in America than Texas? 
you know, you get to El Paso, and three days later, you get to Shreveport. Yeah, maybe not quite that long, but I'm driving across Texas, and I'm thinking, God, what am I coming to Texas for? I want you to hear this. What am I going to Texas for? That's my complaint to God, is it? You know, and I know, I know that I know that God called me to Tyler, and God brought me there. And I'm saying, God, everything's saved in Texas. Even the cows are saved. God, what am I going to Texas for? And God spoke to me, just as clear as I'm speaking to you. And he said these simple words, if you'll love them, I'll change them. Can I tell you something? All this pastor has ever tried to do since then is just love people. Can I tell you something? When you love people, you can get hurt. But the reality, you keep loving people. So that's what I did. I started loving people. And God began to do incredible things. God taught me a simple truth, and it's in your notes, and it's on the screen. And this is very simple. A desire will take you there. A lot of people have a desire. Well, I want to do something. But a burden will keep you there. When everything's not going the way that you think it should go, a desire might take you there, but only a burden will keep you there. You know what will happen? A desire will excite you, but a burden will ignite you. Why? Because very simply, a desire is what causes you to live, but a burden is what causes you to die. And until you get to that place to where you're willing to die for your ambitions, for your desires, for your wants, for your recognition, until you're ready to die, you could never live for God. Remember the church of Philippi? They said, when Paul wrote to him, the first thing you did is you gave yourselves. I want to show you a little video of the CMA and what they've done. Just, just a microscopic view for the next few minutes. And I want you to watch this, and I believe it will transform your life with the ministry that we have the privilege of being a part of. Could you go ahead? I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be assured of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Go into all the world. How is that possible? No person, no church, no organization can do that alone. And yet Jesus was very clear in this command. Only by working together, with each of us doing our part and contributing as we are able, will we complete the task. In CMA, we understand that we have to do our part. We're not a fundraising organization. Run for the Sun is the only official fundraising effort we are involved in, and we give away more than we keep. None of the money raised is used to fund the day-to-day -day operating expenses of CMA or any other organization. CMA keeps 40%, which we use to reach out to bikers and others throughout the United States and around the world. We go places where others don't or won't go. We reach out in service and look for opportunities to let our light shine. 
we strive to demonstrate the unconditional love of Christ. Every year, CMA members represent Christ to more than two million people, exposing more than 600,000 to the gospel message, with approximately 14,000 of those making the life-changing decision to accept Jesus as their personal savior. 20% of the money raised is used to support the work of the Jesus Film Project. The Jesus Film has been translated into more than 1,600 languages and shown in 225 countries. Historically, for every dollar CMA invests in the Jesus Film, approximately 10 people see the film somewhere in the world and at least one accepts Christ. Using these estimates, the support provided through Run for the Sun has allowed approximately 137 million people to view the film with some 14 million of those making decisions for Christ. These decisions are a direct result of CMA's Run for the Sun. 20% of the total raised is used to provide transportation. Working through organizations such as Missionary Ventures International, CMA has placed more than 6,800 bicycles 6,500 motorcycles, boats, horses, buggies, snowmobiles, and at least one camel to pastors working in more than 107 countries. Right now, there are more than 13,400 pastors, evangelists, teachers, and Christian leaders doing their part to fulfill the Great Commission as a direct result of CMA's Run for the Sun. 20% goes to Open Doors supporting their effort to promote the gospel in countries where being a Christian can get you locked up or killed. One of the greatest challenges to Christians living under tyranny and loss of religious freedom is isolation from God's Word and from the body of Christ. Through our involvement with Open Doors, CMA supports and strengthens suffering believers by providing Bibles and gospel development resources, by supporting the advancement of women and children, and through Christian community restoration efforts. CMA's Run for the Sun is a place where you can invest and know that you'll be participating in something that will result in someone's life being changed. On the first Saturday in May, CMA members across the United States will participate in the Run for the Sun. Through Run for the Sun, you can play a part, and together we can fulfill the Great Commission. You and touch someone somewhere in the world for Christ. But the choice is yours. Will you support Run for the Sun? Not only do we support this organization, but my wife and I are proud members of the Christian Motorcyclist Association. I've had the ability to join lots of organizations over the years, but this is the first Christian Motorcyclist Association that I found really met up with God's standard. And at least, folks, that doesn't put anybody else down. That's just me because I look at it from a missionary concept. Right now, we're going to ask the president of our local chapter to come up and share a few words. So I wonder if you'd welcome Steve Andrus. Andros. It is yours. All right. I want to share from Romans in 10th chapter, verses 14 and 15. You, you actually didn't use this scripture. And I was so proud, glad. But let me share this with you. 
How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Dan, you got a pretty nice set of feet there. What would Jesus do? If Jesus were here today, would he ensconce himself within the walls of a church? Would he preach and pray and heal only on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, and Wednesdays? Would he limit transportation to the church van or meals to church suppers? Would he shy away from the roughest looking and toughest acting of the population? Members of the Worldwide Christian Motorcyclist Association would certainly say no. Our mission field is where few Christians ever go, to biker rallies, to bars, and to races. My name is Steve Andros. I'm the chapter president of the Summit Spirit Riders, our local chapter, the Christian Motorcyclist Association which is a ministry that is supported by Victorious Life. We are not a motorcycle club. We are a ministry. We just happen to use motorcycles as a tool to be able to get out and do what needs to be done. We're an, event, we're an evangelistic group that tries to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ out to the secular motorcycle community. It's why we do what we do. Because for a lot of people, we are the closest thing to a church they will ever see. It's hard to go to some of these places. I can attest to that. It's scary sometimes. It's hard to go to these places and see some of the things that you see. I saw a video just from the other night in Laughlin and it disgusted me but I still know that's where we need to be and there are a lot of people with the impression that they've done so much wrong they could never be a person that Jesus Christ would love or accept into his family CMA's vision as we've said several times today is changing the world one heart at a time. We don't push ourselves or the Christian message on anyone. Whether we let, rather, we let people know that we are there if they need us. There are over 1,200 chapters chartered in the United States. CMA is represented in countries throughout the world. Arizona has 10 chapters, along with a forming chapter in Payson, a youth movement group, and a roads and trails group. We don't just ride on the roads. Through our work in CMA, we have had the opportunity to share God's love to people 
who would not be willing to hear the message from any, any, someone else outside the motorcycle community. This gives us an entryway into their world. Because we are bikers, we have a way to be accepted into the world that they are in, to be accepted by other bikers in need. Recently, there was a man from Sholo who was riding through Flagstaff, and he had an accident right on Route 66. And I got a message. I couldn't get over there myself, but I put the word out to my CMA chapter. He was in the ICU at, F at Flagstaff Medical. He had a broken leg and he had some internal damage. Oh, head damage, that's right, he had a concussion. Several members went over and visited with him. He had no family visit him in the hospital the entire time he was there. So we got the opportunity to share the message of God's love just by our presence and be able to minister to him. When someone or something happens to someone in their life that's on a motorcycle or even anywhere that we might be, it's a real train wreck, and they have no hope. And our hope is that they will come back to one of us. I just heard a story last night. There's a big rally right now in Laughlin, and one of our members was there. He was just riding through town. He was going to take some, he wanted to go out and take some selfies of himself there in Laughlin. And there was a motorcycle wreck right in front of him. The man and the woman on the motorcycle wearing shorts and tank tops, no helmets. And our member held that man's head until first aid he showed up. For me, I like to attend activities with kids. I really do. And, and to be able to benefit children and to, to raise children from, or raise money for children's charities like the Phoenix Children's Hospital. And I've had that opportunity to do that as part of the CMA. We also visit the elderly, people who are forgotten. There's gonna be a ride this month to the carriage house in Snowflake, and we're planning to be there. CMA has just this one fundraiser each year. As it was said in the video, we don't, we're not a money raising organization. And none of the money that is raised to run for the sun is used to run the daily operations. That money comes from the membership and they really even don't even have dues. It's just the stuff we buy through their store that is able to operate that. And one of the neat things about being in CMA is you're, you're welcomed into places that you probably wouldn't be welcomed to other times. We've been to two bike blessings this year, one in Mayer and one in Belmont. 
and we're down there to talk to people, and we get to talk to people. It was interesting. We were blessing a bike, and there was a man standing off to the side, and he, and he's, we, I, I knew he wanted his bike blessed as well. And when we were all done blessing the bike we had blessed, I said, do you want yours? And he said, no. I was here while you were blessing his bike. My bike's blessed too. <laughs> so this weekend in Laughlin, there's a huge contingent of CMA there. They're, they're, they're feeding bikers breakfast in the morning. And then I don't know if you've ever been to a bike rally first thing in the morning, but... People don't move very quick in the morning. <laughs> we, we set up coffee at Two Broke for Sturgis. We have it ready at 6 o'clock when they're ready to crawl out of their tents. Or one, one young man fell asleep on his motorcycle. We looked over there, and his motorcycle's parked there, and he's got his head down. We took a cup of coffee over to him. He was very thankful. But we feed them breakfast, we give them water, we give them coffee. This weekend, I think water was probably really popular since it was 107 degrees there yesterday. We seek to serve, not to be served, in an effort to earn the right to speak. CMA says our goal is to be like Christ, like this man that you were telling that was stranded on the island. You can find us serving at motorcycle rallies or racetracks, motorcycle events around the country. We hand out tracks. We have Bibles. Free cold water. Hot cups of coffee. We pick up the trash. Work the gates. Pray with racers in the pits for the hurting in the streets and for families in the parking lots at rallies. We serve. We love so that might just be able to let them know who Jesus was and who Jesus is right now. So if you're interested in some more information about what we do as CMA, there is a table out front. Please take a few moments. There's some information there for you to take. We don't want to take it home. We want you to take it. And if you have any questions, anybody that has a vest on, please come talk to them. I want to thank you, Pastor Tim, for letting us be here this morning for BLCC. We have an interesting token for you. Sorry? We have an interesting token. Bring it on up, man. This motorcycle windshield has seen a lot of CMA activities. And you notice there's a couple of things on here. One is Victorious Life is on this motorcycle windshield. Well, this this windshield's been to, has this been to Arkansas? Yep, been to Arkansas. A little bit of every place. And it also has the signature of the people who are the members of this chapter. That is so awesome. So awesome. We will treasure it. You didn't leave the bugs. There were quite a few. Folks, our CMA chapter... I'm going to ask the worship team if they would come. Bill, could you put that down there for me? Directly following uh, our uh, 
service this morning. If you are interested uh, in becoming part of the CMA, you'd like to know more information about it. We're actually having a luncheon that's for our CMA members. We, we, we bring them in. We want to bless them, so we're going to be uh, giving them a luncheon. But if you are interested in learning more about CMA, uh, right directly across in the fellowship hall, you're more than, than, uh, than welcome to join us. My wife and I will be there. Uh, all of our CMA chapter will be there, at least the ones that are able to make today. Uh, as I said, they have a big run down in, in Laughlin, and there's literally hundreds of our bikers that are down there. Today, folks, there's nothing that we can do more than missions. There's nothing we can do more than to reach out. Now, the reality is most of you can never, ever leave this place and go overseas, go to another country. Even sometimes the reservation as close as it is. But we can do what we do by participating with the CMA. As you see in your, in your bulletin insert, as you've listened listen to Steve, as he shared, as you watched the video, literally some $74 million has been given out through the CMA over all these years. And just being a part of that touches my life. Knowing that we have a church, you know, that doesn't bring in millions, hundreds of thousands. God helps us with the money that we do have to do even more. And he helps my wife and I and the pastors and the council and the board of this church to make wise decisions. Where do we invest for your kingdom, God? And this has been truly a worthy investment. The ushers are here, and we're going to take an offering. And this offering in its entirety will go to the CMA. We will write them a check. So you don't have to write a check to, to the CMA. You can put in your memo, CMA. Once again, you can take our envelopes, and they, uh, you can fill them out and just write in the memo area for the CMA. Do we have an actual online section for that? Okay, missions, you can go to the online section if you go to uh, blccaz.org and you can hit the missions tab. Folks, we believe in reaching the lost. We believe in changing the world. And ultimately, you're only going to do it one heart at a time. As we receive this offering, we're going to pray, but then I'm going to share a story, a true story about the slavery of sin and how people are slaves in this world. See, the Bible says, Know ye not who you yield yourself servants to obey. That's whose servants you are. See, everybody, well, I, I'm, I'm my own man, I'm my own woman. I, I don't serve anybody. Yes, you are. You're either serving the Lord or you're serving Satan. I know we don't like to look at it that way, but that's what the Word of God teaches us. There's only two options, and you are serving somebody. But God sent His Son, Jesus, to set us free from that bondage. And that's why we're part of this organization, that we can invest in a ministry that is investing in countless 
thousands, hundreds of thousands and millions of lives. So we're going to pray, and I'm going to ask you that you would give. Give a substantial offering. Give beyond yourself. And let's watch what God can do with those resources. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the privilege we have to join in with this ministry, this missions organization, this group called Christian Motorcyclists Association. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have to share in the one thing that, God, you said we would shine as a star is forever. Those that win souls, those that lead many to righteousness. And God, today, through the hearts of those that give, through the hands of those that give, through the pocketbooks of those that give, God, return back to them. In Jesus' name. Let's all give today. The story that I share is a true story of a young African girl that was sold into slavery. Well, she was a very beautiful girl, very, very uh, uh, strong, and the bidding was tight, and it was, it was fierce. There was this old man that was just cussing up a storm and bidding higher and higher for this beautiful little girl. And all of a sudden, across the way, there was this dignified man that started bidding. And every time the old guy would murmur and cuss, the more dignified fellow would raise the bid. Higher and higher to where finally this old gruff fellow couldn't meet it anymore. And so the man that was more refined and, and more calm and quiet... The judge or the gavel man fell down and said, sold. Well, the little girl's face was filled with hatred and anger. Tears. Just hating him with every glance. All of a sudden, the auctioneer gave the papers to the man and brought the girl chained up over to him. And the girl just stared. Until the man standing there took the ownership papers and held them in his hand. And started tearing them up. The girl couldn't understand what was going on. And all of a sudden the man took the papers and he threw him in a firing pit. And he said, my darling, you're free. You see, what nobody else could do, this man's one heart, one act of love did. He set a captive free. That's what CMA does every time they go out. But all of a sudden, the look of hatred turned to tears of joy and all of a sudden the little girl looked at him and said my master I'll serve you forever long before there was a CMA or a victorious life there was a place called Calvary and he took the ownership of sin 
and he tore it up. And he said, if you'll call on me. I didn't get to that scripture, Steve, because I wasn't at that part of my sermon. Everyone who will call upon the name of the Lord would be saved. And how will they hear to know who to call upon? A preacher will preach it. And how will a preacher preach it? Because he himself knows it. She herself knows it. Folks, if we don't, who can? And if we won't, who will? Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. I'm Joe Harden. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.